Well, hello, everybody. This is Dr. Greg Allen, and we're here to continue with our series entitled Be Free. Uh, personally, I am the director of two youth nonprofit organizations. One is called Freedom For You, and the other is called Hearts Respond. And our goal is to seek to release the leadership in young people, their creativity, their talent, help them find their passion in life and their direction. And uh, we have a great group of teenagers here joining in to talk about uh, race relations and kind of what's happening in our culture and, and share some personal experiences, what they've gone through and kind of what they think might be some ideas going forward, how to make things better in our local community. So although there's a lot of trauma and uh, things happening all over the, the country, we're gonna kind of focus on our personal lives here where we live and what's been happening and kind of what, how we can make our personal uh, relationships better among races, among different groups of people. So <clears throat> we're just going to go through and I'm going to have different teens kind of share like a story, some experience that they've uh, encountered related to racism or racial relations. And then we'll, we'll kind of just go from there. So who would like to go first? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and say your name and just continue. Hi, I'm Sydney. I'm 14. Um, so actually just this year during school, while still was still going on, um, there was a kid in my class who called me the N-word over and over and over multiple times. And so basically the teacher of the class sent me out of the room to the office to file an incident report about it. And I got to the office and I sat down with the principal and I explained what happened and she basically said to me, just hunker down and deal with it. This is the way the world works. What do you want me to do about it? Just get used to the racism because there's nothing I can do about it. Wow. And basically, I was like, but there is something you can do. You can correct this student. We were only in eighth grade at the time. You can still shape an eighth grader's mind and change the way they think and act. And by setting an example with one kid, it sets an example for all the rest of the kids. Like, hey, he did something wrong and he got punished for it. So we not do that. But we never seem to follow through with that at our school. It's always just say you're sorry and don't do it again. But it always continues. And I've tried so many times to set up a date to speak with them. And they just blow me off telling me it's not an issue in our community. And that I'm over exaggerating and making a mess out of things that don't even exist. And it got so bad, I wrote a speech and I took it to the school board meeting. Wow. And as soon as I spoke about it at the school board meeting, they started berating my family, calling them on the phone eight times a day, saying how they're embarrassed and ashamed of me and my behavior was inappropriate. And they're appalled that I could even do such a horrible thing. But there were so many steps along the way where they could have helped me and stopped before it got to the point of I had to take it to the school board because nobody was doing anything. Nobody was helping me and nobody was helping all the other kids that are dealing with this. Wow. So this is in Hermosa, right? Yes. Wow. Is this this past year? Yeah, this just happened a few months back. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I gave the speech at the February board meeting. And that actually, they post the videos of every board meeting. They will not release the video for that board meeting. Skip wow. the month entirely. Yeah, wow. So they're really into denial. 
obviously they don't want to admit. And what, what's the, I don't know if you know the percentage, but you're at Hermosa Valley, right? So I know Sydney's saying in some of our shows we had in Redondo. What, uh, I mean, what's the percentage of African-American kids there at the school? It's less than 1%. Yeah, it's probably really small, so they're kind of really in denial then, you know. There's about eight kids okay. between the sixth and eighth grade. Okay. But, like, they don't help us or support us. Actually, they sent an email out the other day about what's going on in the world, and they told the parents to get their kids away from the screens. Nobody needs to know about this. Don't talk huh. about it. But your silence is violence. By staying silent, you're supporting and condoning what is going on. But oh, they yeah. don't want us to be a part of it at all. They want us completely silent, and they don't want us to see it, and they don't ever want us to talk about it. And again, I emailed and said, I'd love to meet with you, even though I'm leaving the school this year and going on to a new school. I'd love to meet with you and talk about what we can do about the racism. And once again, they sent me an email saying, Sydney, this isn't an issue at our school. Yeah. You can stop well, talking about it. Well, that, that's why we're doing this, Sydney. I'm sorry you went, had to go through that. And it's awesome how brave you were to go forward with that. And I, I remember I met your parents at, the, at that show, so your parents are really supporting you. But what high school are you going to go to? I'm going to Miracosta. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is good. Well, you know, the, the protests in Hermosa have been massive. People coming out the last few weeks, this incredible photographs. So, I mean, whoever has denied this to you, I'm sure they're getting a, a, a taste of flavor of how people really feel. So you, you've been really leading the way. You're so brave. That is, that's, really, that's really great. Wow. I mean, great that you, you know, spoke out. I'm kind of shocked. Okay, so um, anybody else want to share a story? Can I go, oh, sorry. Can I go next? Yeah, sure, Toby, go ahead. Um, so, hi, I'm Toby. I just recently turned 20 and I graduated from Penn. And I remember a lot of like really messed up things happened from going to Ridgecrest to going to Penn. But one experience stands out to me above all the rest is like outrageously bold. And so in 10th or 11th grade, I believe, or yeah, in one of those grades, I was in Latin class. And I was sitting at my table with my classmates and friends. And we were talking about like, just like groups at school who we kind of liked, who we like didn't like. Um, and everyone else at my table is white and male. And someone was talking and they're like, talking about the difference between the black students versus the African students in like Toby, because I'm Nigerian American. They're like, we really like the African students, just the black students who are just like, like we don't really like them here and stuff like that. And then this kid turns to me and I kid you not, word for word, he was like, but Toby, like you have to admit there's a difference between black people and niggers. And just straight up said that to me, to my face, as if I was supposed to like completely agree with him. And like, I was just like mortified and in shock. And I remember looking at my, what is it called? other like table mates and they were like looking and they didn't really know what to do. And we were all just like, and I was just like, and I, I don't even remember what I, I don't even think I said anything, but I remember getting upset and stuff like that. And like the bell was about to ring and I just like had to get up and like leave. And I just like, I just could not process like 
the blatant like racism in that moment and there are other things that happened but like that moment really stands out to me wow and what do you think the percentage of like black students is at peninsula higher um it's less than three percent i believe i i don't know what it is anymore but i remember like registration day is like big day at penn like everyone comes in in their hour slots for their grade and like all the black students would also like just like randomly like convene in this one spot by like um the lunch tables and we'd be like wow how many of us are here this year like oh last year's 25 this year's 17 like they're just trying to get rid of us and like yeah. yeah wow do you want to share it all that somewhat what you posted that story yeah um so sophomore year of high school um somebody started this anti-black page i really wish i could remember what it's called but i can't and um it was just like calling like the black students like coons and all of these like racial slurs and i was like that was like the first time in my life i had ever heard what like a coon was and like they were just like calling us monkeys and it was also during black history month and so we're like and the school had done nothing for Black History Month. Like before, they'd at least try to put up like generic posters of like MLK Jr. and Harriet Tubman, but they like did like nothing. And then this page like was just going off one night at like the Black Student Union. And I was just like in complete and utter shock. And like, I was just thinking about like the racism, like all the names I'd been called at like Ridgecrest and like everything going on now and just like, why would somebody out of nowhere just like hate on us so brashly and it caused me to like have like a breakdown that night and i remember talking to my friend kayla and i was just breaking down and crying and i was like i don't i can't do this anymore like and like my eyes were just like literally could not make out anybody's face because i was crying so much and i emailed like the administration and i was like i'm really sorry i just don't feel safe here anymore like i can't keep doing this like I, I don't know if there's any way that I can do school from home or whatever. And that happened. And I think you're talking about the video I posted on my Instagram, but like I prayed this prayer and I was like, God, like if you could, if I could wake up and just not be black anymore, I would really genuinely, cause like, I just can't do it anymore. I can do whatever race, whatever like ethnicity you want me to do, but I, God, like, please, I cannot be black anymore. And I remember just praying that prayer. And like, then I met with the administration, did much change, not at all, but um, yeah. Wow, so, so sad. Uh, so these stories need to be heard, you know? Everything's in, hidden away in denial. It's awful. Thanks for sharing your feelings, yeah, no your story. Who would like to go next? Don't worry, it's not competition who can have the worst story. That was a joke. No. Okay, Nikki? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yes, um, I'm Nikki or Nicole. I'm 21. Okay. Um, I went to um, PVIS and uh, I also went to PV High my freshman year. Then I graduated from Penn. Um, so uh, I guess the story... I want to tell is when I was in seventh grade, um, my science teacher, um, she, one day we had this lecture about, you know, the tree rings and like the, um, the rings mean how old the tree is approximately. 
So she's talking about this and then um, she's like, yeah, they're dark rings. And then this kid in my class, who's, um, he has a tan complexion, but he's not black. He, um, he's like the clown, I guess you could say of the class. And he asked, um, are the rings like dark like me? And then she said, no, they're as dark as someone else in this class. And I was the only black person in that entire class. I was the darkest person in that whole class. The room was, went silent. And I'm also sitting at the front of the class with my friend. And it just became this drama. It felt like drama across the, in my entire grade. Everyone knew about it. Um, of course, I, like after that class, I was crying. I, I, you know, after school, I told my mom about it. And she said, well, of course, we need to take this to the principal. So we took it to the principal and the vice principal, I believe, helped us along the way. And she, thankfully, I'm really grateful that the um, principal and vice principal were really um, helpful in this process with um, talking to this teacher. And um, so, I mean, they talked to her, they told me they had a conversation with her, told her it's not okay, of course, that's completely racist. Um, they could not fire her or do anything because she had tenure. Um, and apparently she had a ton of other, um, reports about her behavior in class. Um, and so then they told her not to talk to me and they were going to switch me into the other science teachers class for the rest of the year. It was only, gosh, it was only like two or three months until school was over. So it wasn't even that much longer, but it would be worth it. So I wouldn't be stuck in that class. Right. But they told her not to talk to me. And on the last day I was supposed to be in that class, she, she takes me aside at the end of the class and tells me she needs to talk to me. And it was a super blanketed, like weird apology, but not really an apology. And then she like hugged me and I was so uncomfortable. I did not hug back because this is just, you know, like a line you're crossing. Why, why are you hugging me? Um, but yeah, it just was like, she didn't apologize. She didn't see what she was doing wrong. And thankfully, all my classmates, um, they were interviewed and they stood up for me. And I'm so grateful for that. But I mean, there are a ton of other cases where um, mm. a lot of people would say things to me throughout middle school. They call me Oreo, ice cream sandwich, stuff like that, because I talk white. Apparently, that's what they would tell me. And that's not true. Um, but in that moment, I'm grateful that they stood up for me. This is a PVIS? PVIS. Well, that's good. So you, you got a fortunate, good response from the administration to help you. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to school now? Uh, we sorry, say that one more time. Uh, where are, you, are you going to school now? Yeah. Um, I just graduated from a community college. I was going to transfer, but it didn't work out. So mm -hmm. I'm just starting my career. Oh, great, great. Good for you. And Toby, you're going to college, huh? Yes. So what, what, you're in Oregon? Yeah, I am um, in, in, in Salem, Oregon. I go to a small Christian university. It's called Corbin. Okay, 
cool. Yeah. Wow, these are really some stories. Okay, who would like to go next? I could call on someone. Bella, you got anything you want to share? Okay, hi, I'm Bella. I go to Peninsula High School. I'm a sophomore. And I don't exactly have a certain experience, but I do want to talk about like what I hear. Like I, my school kids just think it's okay to say these things. And they're just, it's not okay that these people say these things. Like at dances, we like, there's songs with racial slur in them and they just like, they yell. And it's really bad when we're like dancing and they, they just, they yell the racial slur and it's so bad. And I feel like, I feel bad because I don't have the courage to stand up. And I just think it's not okay that kids think it's okay to say these things because it's not. And I think we just need to educate ourselves more about how we can fix this problem. Okay, cool. So are you a freshman this year? <clears throat> I'm a sophomore. Oh, you're a sophomore. Yeah. Is there a reason you decided to go to Peninsula instead of a PV? Just curious. Um, not really. I just I uh, liked the environment better. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, other kids that wanted to join in, but I wanted to get African American kids mainly to kind of share their experiences. But as we go forward, there'll be you know if we keep doing community action, there'll be a lot of kids join in because there's so many kids that care and are upset everywhere and want to want to make things better. So uh, Malaya, you wanna, anything you wanna share? Hi, I'm Malaya, I'm a junior at PV High School. And last year, um, a couple students from our school, they um, had a racist proposal that used the N-word in it. And um, it, I found out about it through the internet and I was so shocked because I had never seen like something so blatantly racist at my school before people usually try to hide it, even though they do use it. I do hear the N-word a lot used at school, but um, usually people keep them, keep their like racism closeted. And um, it was the two students, one was a student from our school and the other was a foreign exchange student. And um, I was looking for like repercussions to happen and serious uh, measures to be taken, but the transfer student, just flew back home and and I found it like really like heartbreaking like some people can just get off so easily and not have the opportunity to learn and really grow from it because so many people at my school were impacted from it and I feel like the school responded in a really good way we had like an assembly to talk about it and um, other black students were able to speak about their opinion but I think it still sits with the school and it was like a red flag, something that couldn't be brushed over. I know many experiences in the past at PV High School um, using the N-word, other racial slurs against other races have always been brushed under the rug and not talked about. Yeah. Okay, thanks for sharing. Yeah, that, that whole thing was, <clears throat> everybody kind of remembers hearing about that, the news and everything. That was a big reaction to that from students, at least online posting was so much. And, it got on Daily Mail. Um, it's a national magazine. It got, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just think it's good to talk about stuff and get it out in the open when there's something wrong happening, even though, you know, some adults like Sydney's story, they don't want to deal with it or they want to hide it. Or like you said, Malaya, you know, ignore it because uh, it just grows and gets stronger. But if you, if you confront it and deal with it and make it obvious and out in the open, then it's more likely change can happen. It's more likely people can heal. It's more likely people begin to understand each other. Wow. Okay, Alexa, anything you, what would you like to share? Um, I, I'm Alexa, I'm 18 and I'm graduating from PV High this year. Um, I know that kind of like what Malaya was saying, like, uh, like I know racism happens at our school, but I don't see it that often, especially because I'm part of the drama department. It's a lot more of like a smaller group of us and we're all a lot more open about different things and we'll call each other out for things and it doesn't usually happen with the people that I'm around. But um, with this, like with everything that's going on right now, like I really wanted to dedicate my time to educating myself and like I didn't want to stay, like I wanted to admit that yes, I'm ignorant on a lot of these issues. I don't know what's going on. and. I'm not proud of that, but I, like, I wanted to at least admit that to myself and, like, start to educate myself on the things that are happening at my school and in my community and even in my family. And so I just think that right now I'm, like, trying to help with the movement as much as possible. I know that I'm white and I will never know what it's like to be African-American in this country, um, but I'm trying my best to educate myself and my family and to open those discussions um, and just really try and change like my family's perspective and obviously like educate myself more on the racism that happens because I thought, I just think that it's not the time for me to shut off my phone and pretend like it's not happening. Like this is the time to create change within whoever I know and whoever I'm with. So yeah. And you've been protesting. Yeah, I've been joining the Malaga Cove protests and like I try, I make graphics, like post them out on social media. I run the PVHS GSA Instagram account. So like I'm also trying to reach people through that along with my own Instagram. So like I know it's like a small thing, but I'm trying as much as I can to like use social media for good in this situation. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of teenagers are doing that, which is awesome. You know, I, I've been interviewing teenagers about this, more, more the general about the race. And then, <clears throat> so we initially had, and probably it'll expand to that, but with like Persian kids who told me that, you know, they were called terrorists all through high school and Chinese kids are called this and that and Indian kids, ethnicities, are, you know, Indians and they're called whatever they're called and, and uh, you know, Vietnamese kids and Spanish kids and what they were called and what they went through. So it's really a, uh, that's why I'm looking at the bigger, all the races trying to get along and all the races not being against each other kind of theme, you know. And so, yeah, Sydney. So this kind of stood out to me. I have not lived here my whole life in California. I moved here at the beginning of 2019, but I'm multiracial. My mom is black and my dad is Russian. Um, 
actually both my parents are Russian, but my mom is like more African-American. Um, so basically I'm like very light skinned compared to the rest of my family. And so when I showed up at the school, I guess they automatically assumed that I was like white and they treated me like just like all the other kids. And as soon as my parents came to school one day to drop something off and they realized that I was African-American and like I'm multiracial, my whole like school life switched like instantly like they stopped hanging out with me they stopped including me they stopped talking to me and that's when the racial slurs began so like it's like that really stood out to me it's kind of crazy like they had no problem with me and then as soon as they found out that I wasn't white and I was African-American their whole attitude switched and they dropped me basically unbelievable Unbelievable. I think it'll be better for you at high school at Miracosta in terms of activism and people understanding yeah. each other. But still, I mean, you're you're a very good communicator, <clears throat> and and what you're saying is really powerful. And uh, so <clears throat> I encourage you to keep, you know, keep being a voice, keep speaking. That's incredible. That's horrible. I mean, it sounds like where'd you where'd you move here from? I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Was it different there growing up? Was it more multiracial? And yeah, and that's what I, it wasn't more diverse. Um, oh. It's probably less diverse than where I am now. But oh. something that really stood out to me is I did not have an issue with racism there. And I think a lot of it had to do with the way the school educated the students. Hmm. So in New Jersey, from preschool up, we got a lesson on slavery and African-American history and black people and African-Americans and like all sorts of things. We learned about it. We got a really watered down version of it in preschool and kindergarten, of course, about slavery and stuff. And then as we get older, we got the more gruesome, more horrible details of it. And they actually taught us about it. And people actually understood like, hey, this is horrible what happened and the systematic racism that still goes on it's horrible so we're not going to joke about it and make the jokes about it and call people the n-word and do all the other like offensive things that come along with it but here they don't do that at all and I actually asked about that I was like you guys don't learn anything about slavery or anything no they don't wow. the only thing we did was a singular day lesson it was 45 minutes long um, during African American History Month about like Martin Luther King. And wow. that's basically <laughs> all they got. And so I suggested that to the school, like maybe we should start educating people. Maybe we yeah. should learn about it. It would probably be helpful to the kids to be educated and know how horrible and awful it was. And again, they blew me off and said, no, I think it's fine. So something you're saying there, I think is part of the maybe looking ahead a solution is is doing some education for kids. Like in our Freedom For You group, we do, uh, we get invited to participate in like school assemblies. So sometime I'll take like for, you know, Red Ribbon Week or different things, kindness or what, different themes, social emotional themes. So I'll usually grab some teenagers to come and go talk to the middle school kids in assembly or is there's elementary schools. We talk to whole, all these little kids, like third, fourth, fifth graders. So I think that's something going forward that could happen is we could get a group, you know, teenagers to go and, and do some assemblies talking about racial relations, talking about educating more. And uh, it would be great for the little, the little kids to, to hear that because they're, they're a lot more open too and they're a little, 
So I think that could be a proactive thing going forward that, that could happen and like a whole coalition of, you know, teenagers in the South Bay kind of doing that. And, That's you know, exactly. Oh, sorry. That's exactly why they started it at my old school. That was because uh, there was an incident of racism within yeah. the younger kids, the way younger kids. And it happened to me too. I was in second grade and the girl, a girl who was in kindergarten came up to me and said, I don't like you because of the color of your skin. Uh, Flat out, period. That's all she said. And she walked off. And so basically the school was like, okay, so obviously these kids aren't getting it. And that's exactly why they started educating people. On yeah. it. And it helped so much within that school. And I hope well, other schools choose to do it too. That's good. Yeah, I think, I think they will. Because, you know, we have, you know, Alexa knows this. She's head of the GSA club. There's been a lot of, you know, education or information, awareness toward, again, you know, not bullying, bullying people and not against the gay community. And so this is a whole other area, you know, the racial area that probably hasn't been addressed. And I think it's going to because what's happening in the country, it's that the awareness is just growing and growing and growing, that it's still there, it's hidden, and that something has to happen about it. So I think, you know, like this idea that I'm talking about, like you're going to see all the schools take this on. I know some schools have Black Lives Matter clubs, but I don't think there's necessarily clubs with different races trying to understand each other, get along, work together. But uh, let me ask, <clears throat> Saqib, are you there? Let's see. Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining in. Yeah. Yeah, just having people share if they have a story of some kind of racism, whether that, you know, a racial thing that happened with them or they experienced like in their teen years. And maybe yeah. share that. Yeah, so, and I'm here and I'm listening to all you guys. That's actually really nice. Um, um, I'm very well aware of um, things going on outside my house. <laughs> but, um, the difference for me is that I'm actually, um, I'm Pakistani. So yeah. where I come from, it's very different for me while I'm at school because I'm not black and I'm not white. I'm actually just somewhere from Middle East, kind yeah. of down South Asia. And yeah. so actually, no, I'm born in Torrance, but I mean, I don't look like it. So the thing is that, especially well, being at school, it's not always the same for me while i'm walking around because i'm muslim and a lot of people know that and mm -hmm. a large portion of the black community is also muslim too um but for me it's like people are like oh no don't talk to him he's probably got a bomb or stuff it's like maybe it's like a day after like a new zealand sh mosque shooting and then i'm just like walking to school like crap <laughs> so that, that's kind of my takeaway from yeah. how like Islamophobia kind of just goes around the world. Yeah. And when people are like, um, we won't have justice if black lives matter. I mean, I think it should be expanded to the big picture as in all lives should matter, not just black lives. I mean, I understand a George Floyd incident, um, but there's been like, there's, there, there, it's a big world out there. There's a lot of different cultures that are not accepted equally, just as well as, you know, Muslims and, yeah. and everyone else. Like, you, you could include Judaism, not to, like, um, include anyone there. But, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of other things that I could say. But, like, um, if there's, like, yeah, let's think about it. So if there's, like, people who are not accepted into society. So I'm actually, I go to Peninsula High. Um, I'm a junior as of right now. 
um, I'm the president of the Muslim Student Association. And um, so we didn't really get a chance because Ramazan was during, um, well, it wasn't during school, but I would have definitely done something with the school to just kind of like raise awareness that, you know, we're here, like we're here in school and we're like representing the Muslim community in our school. Yeah. Because I feel like people just don't really know what kind of people we are. Like we're just kind of the type of guys who just walk around. We're not really involved in our society as well as we should be. And I guess that's kind of, that could be transitioned to what happened and like what what's going on like the past week, I'd say. Um, it's, but definitely spark protests if people are like not including society. Like you, you like you want people to know that you're here and you want to be treated fairly. And yeah. that totally makes sense. Um, and I do respect that. That's cool. Yeah, that I mean, there's a theme among races because I, I interviewed, like I said, so many, probably like 10 different ethnic teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, and they told me a story. Some of them couldn't join us right in this group. So it's a similar theme. But the, you know, I'm a white guy telling you this but you know but the the african-american i'm just talking to everybody the african-american experience is unique in america because of the history that's what's happened here with slavery and what's happened through all the institutions and everything so it's well there's slurs set against people and people judge each other for their how they look or with their gender that's common among all people insult being ostracized you know rejected it's, it is unique for the African-American community. So, but I want to obviously address the bigger picture, but let's just have a few minutes left here. Anybody got any other ideas about uh, what we could do about this going forward with teenagers, like in our local community? Yeah, go ahead, Alexa. Um, I just wanted to say two things. So one thing is um, that like the phrase Black Lives Matter isn't saying that any other life doesn't matter. It's just saying that like right now in our society, black lives are the ones that are being the most discriminated against. And like we see that America does not treat people who are black the same way that other people are treated. And that's why people say black lives matter. And that's why that is such a big movement right now. Um, And I also wanted to read, if that's okay, the PVP USD um, leadership team sent out an email. Mm. Is it okay if I read it or like a portion of it of what they said? Sure. Okay, I'm just going to read a portion of it. So this is the second paragraph. They wrote, systemic racism has no place in the PVP USD nor in our society. Our black students' lives indeed matter. We will do everything within our power to continue to demonstrate that and the work we do each day. Today and every day, the PVP USD community stands with our black students and their families, as well as all of our students of color. If you know a student or community member who is struggling during this very difficult time, please don't hesitate to reach out to us for support as we will be here for you. And then they wrote more. And so with the whole, we have these three clubs um, at PV High that are the human, rights coalition clubs like we all come together it's gsa pvow and care and we were on a zoom and miss farella who's the leader of all these clubs um brought this up because a lot of us haven't read it and so a lot of us were basically saying that we have to hold our district accountable because they say 
in their email, our black students' lives indeed matter. They acknowledged it, they acknowledged the movement, and we have to hold them accountable to what they're saying and really fight for change and quote them on their own exact words so that we know in the future that this is exactly what they, they put out to the entire district and we have to acknowledge that and remind them that that's what they said from the beginning of this. That's, that's awesome. I agree. Uh, she's, she's my favorite teacher <laughs> of all time. I go to her class every semester and talk with the students. What, uh, what are the different groups? Uh, you said the club, Human Rights Coalition is a club at school? Uh, that's what we're calling all three of the clubs together right now, just because okay. it's easier to manage. Yeah. But it's the, we have the CARE Club, um, the PVAL Club, and GSA Club. Right, right. Okay, right. She's, that, Ms. Rell is over all three of those? Yeah, she's like the staff advisor. Yeah, good. Anybody else got any other ideas about what we could do to make our communities better looking forward, you know, like this year, next school year for kids, you know, think of little kids, elementary kids, think of middle school kids, think of high school kids. Yeah, go ahead. Um, like, uh, so like with the story I was telling about that teacher I had in middle school, like, of course, like we all are thinking, more action should have been placed against her um, because, I mean, I'm grateful that they listened to me. They were very upset to hear what happened and they did an investigation within our school, but it should have been taken further than that. I know that she had tenure, but even if it's putting her on suspension and putting her on trial in some sort of way and bringing it to the board, that should have happened because um, it need there needs to be I feel like some sort of strike against someone's record um, if that makes sense like something of that sort I believe mm -hmm. needs to happen because for her to have as many complaints as she did and um, mm -hmm. I was one of those people who spoke up how many other kids were talked to like that or talked about like that by their teachers and they were too scared to say something or they did say something and then nothing happened with that teacher. So mm -hmm. I feel like it needs to be taken a few steps further than my, the, what I experienced, um, like with the board, the district, like it needs to be taken up higher because this is, this keeps on happening and it's just, it's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and they require her to go through some kind of education too. Learning. Wow. Yes. Um, what is it called? Also, really quick, I just want to say, Bella, um, that was a very big experience for me at Penn, like you talked about. All the school dances, and like whenever like the N-word was coming on, I remember just literally stopping and looking around and being like, hearing things that I did not need to hear. Um, I think a really big thing is education. I know people say that a lot, and it's like, okay, just like, I guess, educate yourself, but like, no, really, like, yeah. From the time kids are young, because a lot of like racism and hatred is learned. And I even realized that with biases in myself, that a lot of it is learned. And so I think we need to start rewriting curriculum and start like, I'm sick of hearing about like the War of 1812 and all these things. But then again, there are people in our community, there are aged Americans in our communities that are being discriminated against. There's LGBT um, plus students who are being, like so many people face discrimination yet we think that white history 
is the only history that needs to be taught. And it's not, not saying that we scrap that all together because that is foundational to our specific country. But I think revamping this and also like not even students, student-led movements are great, but I think at one point the administrations need to take it upon themselves to start doing what it's their job to do, start facilitating. We have this thing at Penn called um, uh, breaking down walls and it was super emotional, like three day, like getting to know students significantly better. Like I had found out some of my super rich, like classmates had like family members in jail. And that was so foundational and monumental for like me and other students. And just, yeah, facilitating healthy discussions um, yeah. that truly educate students and like acknowledge the biases that we have. Yes, I think, yeah, I, that's excellent. And that's one of the ways that things change is people getting to know each other, people hearing each other's experiences, people hearing each other's stories and getting, realizing the other person is just another person versus just a color or just a race. And then, you know, when, when people are more living an everyday life together, so it's more diverse, then I, I think they're more, you know, to see each other more as just another human versus being separate. But definitely the conversation, education, yeah, that three-day assembly, I forget what that's called. They've been doing that in a lot of the schools where everybody kind of shares, you know, their actual personal trials. Bella, are you talking? Oh, okay. Yeah. Has anybody else got any other kind of proactive ideas going forward? Yeah, Sydney? Um, just the last thing I kind of want to say is just acknowledge that it exists and be there for each other because there's nothing harder to me personally when I'm struggling with the racism that's going on all around me and I'm trying to bring about change within the school and I go to the school and I know there's other kids who've seen it, who experience it, who hear it, and I ask for them to come support me and like bring this up with me and they won't do it because they don't want to or they're uncomfortable. And then the school doesn't acknowledge that it exists. The town doesn't acknowledge that it exists. Like parents don't acknowledge that it could be their kid doing it. Yeah. So just like realize that it does exist and it's a real thing and we're not making it up just for fun and like be there for each other and support each other because together we can bring about change. Yeah. All you need is one person to spark the movement. So thank you. Yeah, so some of you, as you told your stories, may feel bad because you re recounted some awful experience you had. But I just want to thank you, though, for sharing your, your feelings and your struggles you went through. And, uh, and your voice is going to be heard. I promise you that. And uh, we're going to go forward and make other voices heard and try to cause change, you know, in our culture, in our local community here. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be opposition and also I'm sure there's going to be denial and everything else but it doesn't matter to me, you know. I married someone who's brown. We've been married a long time. She wasn't even American. <clears throat> well, she was an American citizen, but she's from another culture. And so I've, I've just, as I'm getting ready to do this and all these other things about race, I'm just remembering all the years and how hard it was for us when we first started and all the people close to me rejected us and didn't want anything to do with us, you know, with me, the people I loved and I thought loved me because my future wife was not white and uh but you know, i had to make a choice to you know, go with who i love or or with you know weird opinions and beliefs <clears throat> so but it was you know it was really difficult for a lot of years 
that um, every it's you know just as Saqib said, it's, every race experiences somewhat as part of the human condition is awful. I've always been astounded that there's all these countries in the world and the country that they can't get along with or they want to fight with all the time is the country right next to them. It's not one on the other side of the globe. It's they want to have a war with the person right next to them. So somehow in humans, there's this negative thing going on that makes it difficult to get along, but we have to do the education and the advocacy to help it happen. So I want to thank you all for participating today and then we'll go forward. I'll stay in touch with you and I'll let you know, I'm going to do another one now with some other students, you know, how it goes. Everybody want to say goodbye at the same time? Go ahead. Let's hear you all. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Let your voice be known in our Be Free series. Okay. Thanks a lot for participating. We'll say goodbye to everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.